Today's episode of the Ringer Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. SeatGeek makes buying tickets on your phone a total snap. With just two taps, you can instantly buy tickets at an event that same day, have your tickets delivered straight to your phone, and enter the event without ever having to print a ticket. And if you can't go to a game or show, you can just sell your tickets directly from the app in less than 30 seconds. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly where you're sitting, what you will pay, and whether or not you're getting a good deal, all right from your phone. So drop your old ticket app and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Welcome back to the uh, the number one rated professional wrestling podcast on Channel 33 and the Ringer Network. I'm David Shoemaker. Uh, I'm joined here today by Joel Solomon, who is a writer for Any Given Wednesday. I just heard you on the phone with somebody calling yourself the head writer. Is that correct? Is that... I, I Don't tell anyone that. All right. But I love the name. Congratulations. The name of the show. What? That we just oh, beat that, out. I you made yeah. any given Wednesday. Also a great name for a show. If you guys aren't, I mean, I, th- this is a this is a great bit of corporate synergy here. Uh, as you all know, or probably know, I'm the I work for the Ringer. I'm a writer. I'm the art director. Uh, two very separate jobs. Um, and down the hall is this writing crew for the TV show Any Given Wednesday, which is now on HBO. Um, and I think it's pretty good. I'm not, I mean, I probably, I probably wouldn't say anything else, but I think like, I really enjoyed the first episode. Appreciate it. And um, wrestling brought us together. This is amazing. Yeah. Our, our, our shared passion for the only true sport, professional wrestling. You got it. Um, well, last week I recorded with not you, but immediately afterwards, I like, I walked out, checked in with my editor in chief and he was like, how's your day going? How was the podcast? And I look at my phone and like 10 people have texted me. Um, that Roman Reigns has been suspended from WWE. Uh, that is a uh, sort of a major emo- major event in the professional wrestling world. Crazy, and and you know what? I didn't even realize how major it was. It, it really was, I think, a week ago at this time because we were getting ready uh, to record the first Any Given Wednesday, and uh, I think TMZ was the first place I saw it. And I and I'm I always sh- breaking these stories. Yeah, of of course. Uh, <laughs> this is like a perfect TMZ story. And um, I, I show Bill the phone, and Bill, it, right before taping, is like, "Wow!" And this is like the most animated over a story I've seen him in the two months I've been here. And and then I, I guess you you really realize like this is like Mike Trout getting getting busted. This is pretty big. It is. It's like Mike Trout. If like I mean I, I was I was gonna say like if steroids were, were like functionally legal in, profe- in in baseball and but you might make be able to make the case that they're just as you know PEDs are just as prevalent there as they are here. I mean here meaning in, in WWE. Right. I mean WWE takes their takes their wellness policy very seriously. I mean it it exists. Uh, you know, in, in a sort of interesting tension between the interest for the health of the talent and also for, you know, corporate PR. That's mm-hmm. how everything works in a capitalist system. Um, but it, but I think the most shocking thing to most people was that they even, that like Roman Reigns got got pinged or whatever by this test and then they just went ahead and suspended him instead of just pretending it never happened and letting him continue to wrestle right adam rose gets busted you know whatever a week earlier we you can deal like that's and adam rose got busted i mean i've been talking to so many people about this stuff this week there's so much crazy semi-information floating through my head but adam rose if memory serves got busted for something he had a doctor's note for and wwe was like well aware of that and it was one it was a situation where they were happy to take they were happy to use that as a as an excuse or something, right? Yeah, and still right, taking it seriously. But you know, that's a guy I don't I don't believe had been on TV and uh, dealing with other things. But this is one of the big face of your company had the belt and couldn't be getting more of a push. And yeah. it's just halt the brakes, hand over the keys. You're you're done. So there's a couple of different things we have to go through. And again, WWE has been very tight lipped about this. Everybody that I've talked to or even heard secondhand has basically said, you know, from the beginning, this is 100% real and yeah. I can say nothing about it. You know, like so it's a it's a it's a very it's a it's a unique situation even as far as how 
how much info is is trickling trickling out of Stanford. But what was super interesting, and, and we can go back and forth because I, I know how you like to jump around. What we talked about yesterday was, you know, well, let let's see how they use this. Yeah. And I do love. I kind of love that right away. Rollins. Oh yeah, this is the WWE. Of course, we're going to use this in a storyline. Of I, they cut right to the chase. And uh, well, they, yeah, I, I, well, let's let's go ahead and talk about it on Raw. It opens. I mean, the show opens up with uh, with Seth Rollins coming to the ring, mm-hmm. gets on the microphone, and and teases that he's not going to make this about, not going to bring up Roman Reigns. I mean, right. just, he he starts in on just a, str- a regular kind of milk toast heel promo against Ambrose, and then like hard cu- hard stop. Okay, you want to talk about you want to talk about Roman Reigns? Let's talk about Roman Reigns. Tremendous promo, I thought. Uh, it was really, really good. There are moments where Rollins. I mean, we, we this is not the point. There, there were moments last night where Rollins he he sounds a little bit like, uh, like your your buddy doing a heel impression. You know, like, but I, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know that that's a bad thing. Like, he's just because you have to know. We all love Rollins, and so we have to like be made aware when booing is the appropriate response, and it <laughs> takes being a real like old school heel to do it. But anyway, yeah, he he had a great promo. He had a great night, big night for. I mean, no, should be nothing nothing new for. I mean, no surprise for that guy. But um, but yeah, had a great promo and just immediately said uh, the Roman Reigns dropped the ball. Well, he didn't say that. He he referred to it as the Roman Reigns scandal and said mm-hmm. that it really reflected m- more, it reflected poorly on Seth Rollins, which is, you know, not but, entirely untrue. And, and way to bring more heat to him, kind of take the... Uh, Without without calling too much attention to the actual uh, you know elephant in the room, whether it's steroids or but just say hey, like it was pretty pretty cool that he worked it into a storyline. You've you've now this affects me, uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see where this goes. The next. And also, few weeks. You're, you're, it's interesting that you brought up the steroids. I mean, nobody really knows what it is. I I've literally heard nothing except. I mean, my personal theory is that. It's a, this is totally unsourced, is that it, it's got to be something pretty legit for them to decide to to go through with the suspension. Mm. I mean, I think that I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that they would just like sweep it under the rug fully, but like, you know, it, I mean, I don't think they're, they're not even like testing for weed at this point. And if it's just like some GNC stuff, like I think that maybe they would have let them off, you know, right. Scott, I think it's the sort of thing that if it got out that he had previously failed to test and they didn't make a big deal of it. If it's it's a big enough te- it's a big enough blip that it would be a scandal, right? A minor scandal. That that's right. that's just my that's my assumption. Who knows? But it does serve the purpose of sort of by bringing it into the storyline, like everything else in wrestling. It sort of makes it seem less of a big deal because it's now part of the fabric of this fake reality. Well, that's the thing now. Now they have everyone talking, and it's. Uh... You know, on the on the internet. Well, is this a work now? How how serious is this? I think it's pretty serious. I mean, the guy got suspended, uh, tweeted an apology, but you know, nothing's out of bounds. In the, the weirdest WWE. thing was that the apology when it came out seemed so. I mean, maybe it was workshopped, but it just seemed so direct and heartfelt, right? He was right. like, "I dropped the ball, or I I messed up. Here we go." Uh, having that tweet on the Titantron on Monday night was the most surreal thing. Yeah. Because that's the most, that seemed like the most human part of the entire story, right? Right. But also what's interesting now is now, again, WWE can take this however they want, but Reigns could tweet again. When you're suspended in other other workplaces or in a sport, you can kind of, well, hey, you you cannot even come near the clubhouse. You can't be in the locker room. You can't train. Right. It's interesting now that, well, Reigns could technically reply back in but I, I'm, you know. I'm trying to think of all of the different like there was there have been instances where someone was suspended but continued to work like it's yeah. like you can work but you can't get paid like if you choose to or something like that. that's how like, we on our show that's how we do it. Oh, really yeah, yeah um when we get busted for steroids um that's i mean that's to me that's the more interesting thing like as for if we want to get into the meta conversation now uh-huh. like how how big is the writing staff for any given Wednesday? We've got five, six. That's it. Uh, uh, five writers. Oh, there's like thirty people up there all the time. Well, yeah, but we rotate. We rotate. It's like twenty five of them are bringing you coffee all the. Time. Yeah. Well, it's uh, we you never know. We're in and out. We're we, we keep you on <laughs> so your toes. Let's just say, but like, uh-huh. you know, you have five or six. 
maybe more. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we have, I mean, like, like of all the TV writing that you've done in your life or you've been, you know, exposed to, I've mm-hmm. been exposed to a little bit. Like, I think it's safe to say that conservatively 60% of the people in any room are on Adderall at any <laughs> given point. <laughs> Uh, or on some sort of mind-altering drug to help them on their help them, you know, I'm in thinking, their career. I'm thinking of who it is now. Okay, yeah, sixty percent. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, and that's not a big deal, right? If you need to, I mean, the deadlines that people at the, I mean, the, the journalists, writers that I work with have to deal with. I mean, sure. like it's it's not like no one's. It's at least there's no shame in being like, uh, like you know, I had to pull an all nighter. I mean, no one's saying how is this humanly possible, right. even when it's probably not right. Uh, there's so many walks of life in which, like, using, like, if you define performance-enhancing drugs very loosely, we like, many, many, many Americans are using performance-enhancing drugs. Of course. Of course. If you're, I mean, we're in California. If you're taking a couple of hits of weed, medicinal marijuana on a regular basis just to, like, even you out so you can get your job done, like, that's that that's a performance-enhancing drug on right. some level, right? And we're not even, and these, and these, and these drugs aren't even requiring us to be in tremendous physical shape and and judged by how we look with muscles i know and listen that, i'm 100 yeah. percent in on the wellness policy i think yeah. that there's obviously there's a history that that wwe really needs to be take like keeping a keeping an of eye course. on this stuff and 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 um and so far you know having a, they've, they've mostly adjudicated i think i think the process fairly now i mean that's assuming that we know everything that there is to know and probably we don't but um but all that said i mean these are much closer to Hollywood action stars than NFL players, right? I mean, hundred yeah. percent. As far as the, I mean, the argument that you hear against PEDs in in real sports is is often like the competitive balance one, and just the, the sort of yes, you know, the spirit of competition, um, and that doesn't matter. Level playing field, right? right of course. I mean, like you know, you have guys like. Sylvester Stallone, who are like like lit, who are almost literally trafficking HGH or testosterone around the world, right? I mean, that's like you like action stars, movie stars, and it's not just the ones that are obvious. I mean, they, I think half the guys that take their shirts off on TV are probably doing something that like you know might get you pinged at the Olympics. Yeah. So I mean, it, like it's just it's a weird world in which we're. Uh, in which you know, there's anything there, there's something particularly shameful about you know doing this stuff in the in the in, in the wrestling game and the, uh, and this by that i mean specifically peds that are not horse steroids like obviously there are things that are really unhealthy for you to do what's what's interesting too is now who knows like how you react in that locker room too i i i'm, I'm sure it's a, a brotherhood back there in the back and these guys uh you know very much support each other but now like you know who knows that is pretty embarrassing it's and yeah. You know, and maybe now pressure's really on. If this guy can get suspended, I'm sorry, if if the guy can get, <laughs> can get suspended, then, I mean, it really is. This is pretty serious. So, speaking of the brotherhood, okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin was on uh, Rosillo and Canel earlier yeah. this week, right? Really, uh, just the other day. And it, this is, I'm going to read his quote about Roman Reigns. He said, quote, he got popped and that's just the way it is. He owned it and he'll live to come back another day. He owned it. So I think the kid did the right thing. Sometimes these things happen. So this, that seems very much like, first of all, very level-headed, very smart. And I, and I think pretty much correct. But talking about the brotherhood and backstage and that like, that you were speaking mm-hmm. of before, uh, it sound this sounds like Austin saying like yeah like nobody's surprised that like he's on it. The issue is that he got caught yeah. and that's like his that's his burden and he ha- he's handling it like a man. Uh, uh, agreed. Like when you look at Roman Reigns, it does seem well. Of course, like if you could pick out of a lineup, ah, maybe he he like Dean Ambrose, not probably yeah, but yeah. But I think to the other point now is Stone Cold saying he got caught, move on. This is where I think maybe you, you and I differ from briefly talking yesterday. I think this might be the best thing that happened to Reigns. To Roman Reigns? I, uh, yeah. I, it, it, I like this take. Go, you, explain, explain. At this point, really, at least from fans' perspective, couldn't get any lower. Getting, the, fans, the fans are listening to this podcast, at least, yeah. Getting booed out of the arena. Uh, clearly... Even even in ring on the mic was getting a little flustered, really, 
you know, yeah, you know, not not welling up with tears, but it was like clearly bothering him. Yeah, the, the fans were bullying him. But I mean, you can't wrestle it, when it gets to that point. It's just, yeah, really, it's it's not even it's not even fun for him probably anymore. Yeah, I know. So now he gets thirty days to kind of rehash this image, image, kind of make not not come up with a new character, but come back and and have potentially at least a storyline where let's see what he can do with this and maybe he is he rebrands himself a little or 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 it's just like you know what now it is now it really is me against the world and i'm going to show you yeah uh that well and hopefully and most importantly get rid of the superman punch yeah i mean i think the thing that people are going to be looking at first and foremost is if he comes back with skinny arms but like <laughs> once that moment has passed i think that you're right i think that like I think this this is a real opportunity. Uh, and, you know, I mean, there's just... It, I, th- I said this last week, and I mean, I'm, I wasn't... I'm sure the only one to say it, but taking the title off of Reigns was the was at that point the best thing that could have happened to Reigns, right? It was just right. sort of marking the end of the Reigns experiment, meaning, you know, defining the Reigns experiment as from the moment they said, we're going to make him our champion next, and then, like, <laughs> the 18 months or two years it took to get there and then get to now. yeah. That now that moment in time is over, right? The next time he wins a title, and I'm talking separately from the suspension, but even including it, the next time he gets a title, there will be so much less pressure than there was as when he was carrying the title three weeks, two weeks ago, right, or a week ago, right? And this time it won't be rushed. There's no way they're rushing this title back on him. There's no, you know, yeah. I th- you, you you want you you would assume that they would give it some. They they would you know give him a little time to make sure that he's uh, that he's clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know, uh, it's it's interesting because you know you look, you look at what Stone Cold said, and you you know you, the, the 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 intricacies of WWE's testing policy have been have you know kind of been out there in the in the press over the years, and it's it's a different system than a lot of you know professional sports use. It's not necessarily testing for specific drugs, to my understanding, as as much as is testing for a consistent kind of testosterone balance in your body. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's it's an interesting. It, it, it'll be. I think he'll definitely be on a sort of unspoken probation for a little while. But that said, if you're right and he comes back, mm-hmm. born again, and everybody's really interested to see him now that he's sort of like effed up, maybe you know, was WWE going to ignore that and not put the title? Like if if there's a perfect storm where he returns at Battleground and is the most popular wrestler ever, it's not going to happen. Right. But let's just say he comes back with a pop bigger than CM Punk would have if he came back, and more on Punk later, by the way. Mm-hmm. Do you think they would still? Do you think they would put the title on him at SummerSlam or no? He he's gonna be he's gonna still be booed out of the building. He's, well, I know, but yeah, if but, he came okay. if, it, if he if he came back for some somehow as the biggest if he let's yeah. just say he spent the next week doing okay. shoot interviews on Triple H on like on podcasts and he came back and everybody was like, oh, this is the best dude ever. Interesting, right? That is. Do, that does is, WWE have the balls or have the have the conviction to put the title on him at at SummerSlam? In in my opinion, yeah. I mean, that's a, a great question. I I, I think sa- sadly no. I mean, that that would be that actually is that would take huge balls to be like you know what we know we know you don't like this guy we know you don't even like him even more but screw you we're not going off script we're that I mean you're right that would be a ballsy move I, I don't think it'll happen yeah um I do think looking back that night now it, it took me like almost a few days to realize how crazy is it that the shield all three of them held the belt in one night at money in the bank it's really weird it's kind of weird right yeah there was a uh you know we'll come back we'll, we'll roman reigns is going to be the subject of this podcast for the rest of time he's my new cm punk i just i just want to let everybody know um but speaking of all the shield all throwing all having the title on one night mm-hmm. uh there was a cool post on uh, squared circle on reddit uh yesterday i guess today i don't even know as i'm as i'm looking at this uh, pointing out that at the beginning of the show uh, of Raw on Monday night, when obviously Reigns wasn't there, but <coughs> Rons was there, Ambrose, AJ, and Cena, that, that there was like a very brief window in like in in uh, like April, I think April 2010, where all four of those guys were world champions. Wow! Or like Cena, obviously WWE, AJ Styles was TNA, Ambrose had the CZW title, and Rollins had the Ring of Honor title. That's that is actually a really cool moment, right? I huh. mean. That was, I always say that uh, 
that the mo that the best the wrestling is best when everything matters to everything else, which is a sort of uh, like vague way of saying there's nothing worse than just when everything is segmented into its specific feuds. Like my favorite wrestling back in like when I when I grew up watching like NWA wrestling with Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA and Ric Flair, like they were kind of always hating everybody at all the time. I mean, there were baby faces and there were heels, but like Ric Flair would come out and say, and just like cut a 10 minute promo. And because he was like touring around the the region, he didn't have the same match every night. He was just cutting a promo on everybody he might be fighting, right? So like yeah. mostly he hated Dusty Rhodes, but then it would be like, and you Magnum TA, let me say something to you. And then he'd be like, and you, you know, Ricky Morton, like really you have a singles match? Yeah, okay. And it's just like, and another thing, Road Warriors. And it was just like awesome because every, it, it made every few that was going on sort of overlap and matter. What I think was really effective for me on Raw is we started, we ended the show exactly where we started the show. There's a triple threat match for the title, and AJ and Cena are going to continue feuding, right? Yeah. But, you, but we spent a really enjoyable, well, for, in, in the context of those, this story, a really cool three hours involving AJ and Cena in the main event, and then stripping them back out of the main event, um, but in a really compelling way, I thought. No, I. I it- I did think they did a great job last night because, oh, wow, really, what are they going to do with this next pay-per-view? Are they going to alter the match? And uh, at least for one week, you were kind of left with a cliffhanger of, oh, yeah, maybe they are. This is the strategy and to get Cena and AJ into these uh, matches where if you win, it'll it'll be a a fatal four-way, fatal five-way. But you're right. Now we're back exactly where we started. I think they did it the right way. I mean, listen, once Cena lost his match, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, it it seemed like you knew the direction it was going a little. I mean, at least more than before. Uh Um, Right, because he But when I I saw a WWE house show weekend before last at Staples Center, and the main event was... AJ Rollins and Reigns in a triple threat. And there was part of me that was thinking like, oh, maybe they were sort of preparing for this. Like obviously Ambrose wouldn't have been there, but it, but that match was actually really very good. Um, and may, I mean, I think on some level they probably were Reigns and Rollins were prepping for this, you know, three way with the shield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, by, by, I guess by the time AJ, by, by the time AJ had his match, you knew, you know, that, that he wasn't going to win. But it was still pretty fun, the whole road there. Yeah, and and we know that AJ and Cena can put on an, an amazing match and have to finish. This. I mean, they still have a. I think they still have a best match in them, right? I mean, they have, they can do better than they did last month. Well, here here's my other question to you to you yesterday, and and this is this is my problem with it. You have AJ Styles, who finally in the WWE, Oof. he's he's. Moreover, than any anyone in the company, sure. unanim- unanimously with with kids, with uh, parents, with across the board. Yeah. And when Cena comes back, you know what? Let's turn this guy heel. And that that just still really bothers yeah, me. Not that only he never is he heel, a- but he has Japanese on his vest now, so that makes him a real bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we're, and we're growing the hair out even a little more. Just yeah. <laughs> so a couple of other, I might have said some of this last week, but a couple of other notes from the house show. You know, I, I had always, I had heard mm-hmm. through this entire, through the past two years of Roman Reigns that Roman was super over at house shows. Like despite the fact that the smart fans were all chanting uh, on TV, like he was over. It, I mean, it, that's true. He was, I think that the, the Never Reigns <coughs> movement uh, has trickled down to the house show crowd, but and it's not that it's a different set of fans. And some, I mean, it is some some different fans. But like, you do watch house shows more reverently than you do watch, than than you interact with the, as a, as a crowd member when you're at a TV taping, right? right? They For turn sure. they turn the lights down. The ring is on a spotlight. It's it's beautiful, man. I had a great ass time. Like, and yeah. I was cheering for all the baby faces, booing for all the heels. Fully invested. Um, Roman Reigns got the snarky booze to start off, but I think that's a new phenomenon in the house show. But by the end of the match, fighting heel AJ and heel and heel Rollins, Reigns had fully won the crowd over, and it made me. I think I wrote this last week. It made me under. It made me really see what WWE sees. Like it's it's like he he has the power to be that baby face if the crowd will let him do it. <laughs> so, but the, big but, if that's a huge <laughs> right. Flip side of that is the biggest baby face pop of the entire night 
Well, it might. I think the biggest babyface pop of the entire night was Becky Lynch. But the but close number two was AJ Styles for about three seconds until the fans right. remembered they were supposed to be booing him, um, and it was it, it was it's it is pretty incredible that they took. I mean, Meltzer's been reporting. It was reporting that six months ago that 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 Reigns and and AJ were the top two baby faces on on the house show circuit. It's crazy, like you say, that they just decided to like end the end the AJ babyface experiment so quickly. It just bought. I mean, what? So it was at, at Royal Rumble, right? And yeah. and this was it's less than six months. That that's just what really bothers me is. Uh, kind of, well, you know what? The biggest way to get people maybe possibly to root for Cena or or let's just turn this guy because... Yeah. It, it, and, there, that, and that bothers me. I, I don't disagree. I think there's... there's the, the What makes what makes me uncomfortable is if, is if the decision was made that, like, you know, only, only AJ as a heel with his heel running buddies, the club... It takes those three to kind of equal Cena. Hmm. Like if that's the thought process, then like yeah, that's a rough thought. Pro- that's not. I'm not into that. But you know, it's 2016. You can AJ is going to turn babyface and turn heel in WWE ten more times in the rest of his career. Like it's. Uh, I think that they. I think that they can they can backtrack this. You know when they need to. It is strange from like a merch and marketing standpoint, but you know. There are a lot of there are a lot of teases. There are a lot of rumors out there that that uh, that Finn Balor is on his way to the main roster. Everything seems to be pointing towards him involving himself somehow in this club storyline, and that's going to end up. That it, it seems to me that that will that will end up with either AJ or Finn being sort of kicked out of the club and being the new babyface of the moment. So whichever one of those guys it is, they're going to get a you know they're they. They're, we're going to end up with another big baby face out of this whole storyline. Yeah, and and that's why if 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 now you're looking for this reboot and you've kind of ha- hit a lull with some of these storylines between the draft and now Reigns, it it is a good time. There is you know some decisions are going to be made and yeah. And well, the draft is really interesting too because I mean, obviously it's all kayfabe, like whatever. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not like. I mean, it would be great if they did draw names out of a hat. I would. I mean, if they if they said we're actually conducting a shoot draft and it's like, you know, Wednesday night at eight, I think every wrestling it would be if that might get more that get might get more eyeballs than like anything except WrestleMania. Yeah. And you we, we, we joked upstairs, the writers on our show, like how funny if Adrian, like an, there was a real Adrian Wojciechowski that was trumping WWE. Oh, and, man, I would yeah. I would do anything to be that guy. It wouldn't be me, but that would be so great. That would, I think it would be you. Oh, man, that would be so incredible. Well, Shoemaker's I mean, the, ruining the draft. Yeah, that would be I'm getting blacklisted again. This would be wonderful. The, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I think that it would be it would be great. if Yeah, if there if all of the talent is in one room, like at the last draft. Uh, the last brand, whatever brand split draft, except it's real, and we see them react in real time to things that are actually happening. It'd be great if there was also a second camera in the writers' room mm. where we see them figure, trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with these guys that they're that they're losing, or I mean that they're getting on their show. It's just like you know, AJ leaves the club, and all of a sudden, like the writers are just like throwing styrofoam cups at the wall, and just like that was my uh, best storyline. Jesus, right? God. They break up New Day. Yeah, uh, no. Um, um, that would be really sad if they broke up New Day. You're, but the last time they did the brand split, they did a couple of those. Remember they broke up the Dudley Boys? Oh, I think I think that's definitely going to happen, you you would think. But but that's why this is now, you know, it, it is interesting. They ha- And uh, I, I, again, maybe you know better than me. So the, uh, is it a new set of belts over there? Is this... Uh, that's a really interesting thing. There was someone, someone just pointed out online uh, that... Mm-hmm. that Sometime between last week and this week, the Chiron, when Dean Ambrose comes out, has changed from WWE World Heavyweight Champion to just WWE Champion. So Good eyes eyes on that guy. I think we're splitting the belts back up. We're going to get to where I think, I don't know if it's the big gold belt or what, but but my guess is that, yeah, SmackDown is going to have its own title. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, in some sense, that's the move. But at the same time, it's like... I would rather the champions be able to float a little bit, you know, and and to have a little bit more freedom. Makes you want to watch both shows for for sure. I mean, this is uh... well, yeah. I mean, last week, 
Last week was such a confusing mm-hmm. week with the Reigns thing. I mean, we're coming back around to it, but talking about watching both shows, SmackDown was like must-see television, and I almost always watch SmackDown. I mean, I would say I always watch SmackDown. Last week was the most <laughs> must-see episode in a while because I just you wanted to know if they were going to talk about Reigns, and they didn't. Uh, I think they made the right move. Uh, right. You know, we talked about this a little bit. You and I talked about this off off mic, but the but the interesting, the most interesting part of the Reigns thing is when WWE knew that he got exactly. pinged, and when they d- told him, and when they decided to go, like how long they waited to go public with it. Now, I talked to one person who used to work at WWE, and this is not inside information. This is just a th- his personal theory was that. They probably knew about it on Sunday and didn't tell Reigns or, you know, probably didn't tell the talent. Um, But regardless, they waited until after Raw. They made the battleground match and waited until after Raw to announce it Hmm. sort of to legitimize Dean Ambrose's championship. So that's true. That's like like they made the decision to put if they made the decision to put the belt on Ambrose because of Reigns's test and they announced it that night then it would have seemed like, oh, we all know that Ambrose got the belt only because of Reigns, right? I, I agree. Like, that that does make sense. Because it, it, also, why why tell him? It, WWE clearly knew. But you're right. Go out, do the match. There's no, there's no need to futz with it. But what what is interesting is the timeline. 30 days really does add up specifically to, all right, he's going to... Uh, fight at this paper Bad battleground, yeah. And oh, he's going to fight, yeah. yeah and, at, and be money back in the and, bank, and then be back at battleground, yeah. Right. That's where it's a little like, oh, con- super convenient. Well, listen, it's also a great. I mean, I've been begging WWE to have less pay per views for years now. I mean, it would be if if you really want to, if you really want to be able to <laughs> f around with the with the with the wellness policy, just have a pay per view every five or six weeks, and that way anybody that gets busted will be back for the pay per view. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, but apparently they're going to go to double pay-per-views now. I mean, this is the wide rumor that like both shows are going to have a monthly oh show. Oh my gosh! Which means you're going to you will have no time for anything. That's what that means. I don't know. I was talking to a I was talking this to a wrestling fan about this last like, just last night, uh-huh. um, and I talked to Dan Saint Germain on this podcast about it. But it's I don't know. I know what I do. I will watch all of the wrestling because that's part of my job. But like I, I'm like you. How like, what are you going to watch if SmackDown is live? Raw is live. Every other Sunday is a is is a quote unquote pay per view event. It seems to me that if I were if this weren't my gig, like my uh, instead of watching more of this stuff, I would probably end up watching about twenty five percent less. You know, Le- if there's le- if if things seem less significant, you just sort of like phase out, and it's like oh, I missed. Like in your house, fifty-two. Like not that big of a deal. I can read the results online. But you have me in the beginning. Very similar to TNA. I can't wait for SmackDown. I mean, not not going to happen. But high hopes. I hope Kurt Angle walks out that door that first night, and he's the commissioner. <laughs> not going to happen. But you know, th- I have tremendous high hopes. It's weird. R- you know, Ric Flair hasn't necessarily been on TV on Raw. Who 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 knows? It's it's wide open. And if if they disappoint me that first SmackDown, well then yeah. That's that's gonna suck, and it'll just go back to regular schedule as it is now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I I don't think it's unsustainable, but it'll be interesting to see if they're capable. It's sort of like it's like having two shows that are, that are equally vital and serve to improve the product in a kind of not. It's not the Monday Night Wars, but they are. But but part of the idea has to be creating their own competition, right? Because WWE has only been only reach certain heights when it's had real like competition this is smart yeah that's so i I like that so if the idea though is that it's that that i mean it's gonna they're trying to build trying to trying to build both brands and 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 you know build the whole sport through it um it's sort of like the invasion storyline it's like it's a really great idea let's (laughs) i mean the odds of them actually pulling it off are not probably really high it's also at, a, at an unfortunate time where the talent, I'm not saying the talent is thin, you know, I mean, the Divas division is tremendous, but how many guys are going to get pushes to be these, you know, top lines and, and it's a, right now it's a thin Yeah, roster. you kind of get, I always think that the, when we talked, I mentioned the Dudley boys earlier, like when Devon became a preacher, that was sort of ridiculous, but Mm-hmm. I always think like the the standard bearer for this was Brian Kendrick, where when he became the Brian Kendrick, were you watching this? Like it was when it, the brands uh-huh. were fully split. He had Ezekiel Jackson as like his muscle, and Brian Kendrick, I think, is just like he's incredibly good. Um, 
I mean, for a small guy at that point to be getting that kind of push was pretty significant. So, But it was one of these things where, like, I was really happy to see Brian Kendrick getting a singles push and getting really some time on TV. But at the same time, it sort of spoke to, <coughs> like, that's the situation yeah. of the brand split and that, like, they're in a position where they have to give Brian Kendrick a push. You know, it made—I it made, it, was, I was happy for him and excited to see everything he did, but it did sort of feel like the product was a little bit diminished— because there was a lot of that stuff going on at the time. Right. I mean, you would think out of like top tier guys, maybe it's like Bray Wyatt finally gets yeah. some, it just lo- he's out of the shuffle at least, or uh, I don't know, like a Titus, but. I mean, Titus, the, Titus, it's the Titus level guys that if they get, if they start getting immediately pushed, I mean, they just got to be really careful with it. They've got to make it, they've got to, I think, first of all, be honest with the fans. He never got a fair shake because the roster was too full on Raw. You know, like now he's finally, he's recommitted himself. Like make it actually about the brand split and don't make, don't make Titus O'Neil, you know, a long haul driver or something and like just put him in a funny outfit and say like, now we have a new Titus O'Neil, you know? I mean, you've got to just like, you, you, I mean, the best thing about the brand split is going to be if they treat it like a real sport, like actually having whether or not they, I mean, obviously they're not going to work. They're not going to do a shoot draft, but treat the draft with some legitimacy you know, let it feel like the most important thing is, I mean, I said this months ago, the coolest thing they could do is have fans speculating about like inner show trades. You know, I mean, yeah. that's the part of you talking about Woj. That's the part of sports that the WWE has enough has no part of. And like, it could be really fun if they bring, if they bring that stuff in. So if they treat it like a sport, if they treat the story, like the characters as they evolve in kind of realistic ways, I think there's a shot. Who who would be your guy? Just just talking about it like this, that would slide in the draft that has so much talent. Oh, and it's like, oh, he's he's dropped. He hasn't even been picked yet. We're in. Who who? Ooh, would this be your is guy? really good. So I'm going to do a mock draft on the ringer, and I, I haven't even started piecing it together yet. I mean, I think that like, or could um, it could be an announcer? It could be anyone. It I could, think that Roman Reigns definitely has some Laramie Tunsil potential. You know, like he's gonna he, he's gonna disappear on the on some people's draft boards. I mean, I I think he's he would still end up going in the top five, right? I mean, but I think that it, there's definitely going to be a situation like when the Ravens had Larry Mantunsel at number one, and then that the 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 gas mask thing came out, and he just left their draft board. Yeah. They're like, we're not going to take him in the seventh round. <laughs> um, but that's really interesting. I mean, I think that the the I think that you know you're going to have some dudes like. Dolph Ziggler, who have people have very divergent opinions on. Mm. Now, of course, everybody listening to this podcast, you and I probably think very highly of Ziggler. But when you're actually drafting people, I mean, if you were actually drafting people, do you think, man, maybe I can get Dolph Ziggler at like 20 if I just if I just wait it out? Um, you know, Cesaro is another really interesting one where it's like we all I'm sure that like Cesaro is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would go. I could, I could, I mean, I could, I could justify going Cesaro in like my top five, but also, yeah, if, if the dude you're drafting against or the late, if you're lady, if you're drafting, if you're Shane McMahon drafting against Stephanie, if you're, if, if, if you don't think that they're going to take Cesaro, then like, maybe he's a top, maybe he's like a top 15 talent, maybe top 20. I, I don't know. How good was he for those two weeks when he got main event and he roped in with, with the Cena? Those so two weeks were so good. He had but, a great match against Del Rio. Great. I mean, I use great sort of loosely, but he had a really good match against Del Rio on SmackDown this week. And both of those guys, I mean, I wouldn't mind if, I, I wouldn't mind if they just let them go for 20 minutes at, at Battleground. Just like, you know, they, they, they're good wrestlers. They're very good at what they do. Let them go do that. Well, Maybe SmackDown will give these guys a chance to to shine. But uh, speaking of Del Rio, you can't break up him and Paige now, which is the other thing. Well, maybe maybe WWE, I mean, has will decide that they should break up him and Paige. I mean, that's that is the one weird power that WWE has over their over their talent. You know, there's there, there's talent is a is I think supposed to not be in relationships, but of course it's okay. The big no no at WWE is okay. talent. And then, like office relationships, like a like a, a wrestler cannot date a producer. Uh, see, I wasn't aware of this. That's that's the biggest taboo because this is now the most incestuous company. And I, I worked at MTV where everyone is uh, was dating. And but when do you just recently worked at MTV? This was like no, no, no. MTV Beach House days, uh, <laughs> kind of Cancun like TRL spring break, just... like TRL. Yes, like uh, ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. 
And uh, yeah, the, 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 Car- the Carson Daly <laughs> era. J- yeah, oh, I'm very aware of the Carson. I was tending bar during the Carson Daly era and like would wake up on my couch. You know, I pass out <laughs> on my couch and wake up in time for TRL most days. Like, so I was very, yeah, I, I was aware. Um, no, your your wrestling knowledge is that era of music. Like I could name you the guys of B2K. Not that, <laughs> not that you need it. But now we were going through the the divas and the. I mean, it's how it. I just want to point out. Yeah. I sat next to Ryan Cabrera at SummerSlam a couple years ago. He was he was marking out. Ryan so, Cabrera, amazing, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, so we so we're talking about these divas. He, he he peaked at number five, I think. He never had, <laughs> on, uh, on the top ten list. I don't think he ever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, Gavin DeGraw, I think, took his thunder, and now I just lost all your wrestling audience. So go on. I'm sorry. Uh, no, there's a, there's a big Gavin DeGraw WWE crossover. I think. Um, <laughs> no, you you were meant, you were saying that like everybody's dating somebody now. Crazy. And this is like so Paige and Del Rio are apparently dating now, according to all of the hilarious As websites I, that report on such things. I will wait. You tell me who the, your power couple is. Let's go through the list. Um, okay. Paige Del Rio, Lana and Rusev, they, that, that's, it's like, if we're drafting couples, they've, they slide down the draft board, right? Because they, I love both of them to death, but yeah. it seems like WWE is not quite, they're, like, they're, they were, they were way more into them in the past, and it seems like the relationship might have affected the, like, WWE's uh, promotion of them. Interesting. So, I, okay. You don't My- agree? No, you're right. Well, I mean, they even last night on the intro, my fiance. I mean, that's how she's uh, my husband. I think oh, that's yeah. how she's bringing him out. Um, um, but no, go on. That's, yeah, they're, 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 they keep subtly trying different things with them. It's not quite like Cesaro in a beret territory, but like it does seem like they're sort of tweaking with that gimmick on a, on a fairly regular basis. Well, they've gone down that road so far. Now. Um, speaking of husband and wife, the Miz and Maurice. Or now, I mean, Ms. Maurice was obviously a divas, a diva, a women's wrestler for WWE for a while, retired, and then now is back uh, with her with her man, The Miz. Three, um, and they're great. I mean, I think that they're she, he is so much more valuable with her. It's unbelievable. And you can see they love working together, yeah. <laughs> and it was hilarious last night. Um, and of course, we have John Cena. Well, I mean, I don't know if we even count Cena and and Brian and the Bellas anymore because there's so many. I don't, I don't even know which people are still wrestling besides John Cena. But they're they're together. That's a WWE couple. Is Nikki making a comeback? She, I, I, where else? Yeah, like Brie retired, so. right? Yeah, but yeah, okay. Um, and then uh, I think the I think the power couple has to be Ambrose and Renee Young, right? This is they're probably um, okay. And, Stephanie and, and, and Triple. And, and, we're we're yeah. going to exempt Stephanie and Triple H from this list. But Ambrose and Renee Young are like, well, that's the world champion and the most beloved, universally beloved broadcaster on WWE television, right? And they've kind of kept it quiet as much as they can. They got which some taste. Respect. They got they got tacked. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. I mean, I think that Tate. What's the best example of like a celebrity couple that's not that that's like totally that's on the down low? Like they're not lying about it, but they're but they're just like they're being very tasteful about it and not making a big deal of it. Tate doesn't have an answer. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I feel like if it's either a publicity stunt or you know, it's or it's or it's real. Yeah. Um, like Aaron Rodgers and Olivia Munn, like that's fake. That's a publicity stunt. You think it's all fake? Yeah. Wow. Uh, what about what about Serge Ibaka and uh, and uh, what's his girl? What's his what was his lady's name? I can't remember her name, but yeah, that's real. That's real love. That seemed that always seemed really tasteful. Yeah, that's tasteful. WWE yeah. real love. I, I I stand by it. <laughs> These are all real love. <laughs> I'm not sure that. Yeah, I mean it's weird if I don't spend a lot of time on wrestling Tumblr, but it, <laughs> but being in relationships seems to only seems to only be a benefit for like you know by by the for the fangirls or whatever. Like it just kind of proves that you're relationship material, especially if you're Lita. You know, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, we're, we started off the show talking about how real life things affect storylines, right? I don't think that there's and, and you know the old adage no public all publicity is good publicity. Who's Charlotte date? Well, Charlotte used to date. I mean, I think she's actually engaged. Um, uh, but okay. I, but she used to date a dude who wrestles in TNA who's sort of like crazy and has been in some trouble with the law. Um, I'll look this is, up. Is it crazy that she would possibly be my number one pick if we were doing a real draft? She... How, how many real bumps, by the way, in that match last night? Did she She's like the probably the, the first best thing that one. came up, by the way, when I searched this is Charlotte is, is Kevin Love dating WWE Divas champion Charlotte? 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. This guy's all in on, on wrestling. Yeah, I'm, he, think, I, I'm not even going to click that link because I'm fairly certain the answer is no. You, uh, you're breaking this on the pod? Kevin Love and Charlotte are dating? Right, so Brom... Her, her her first marriage was to Thomas Latimer, who wrestles in TNA as Brom, but they're they're divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she then she had a, she was there was a, she had another run in with the law because she was with a dude named Ricky Johnson. Um, but I don't know that. But there, I don't know that well, we're way too deep into wrestling Tumblr right now. But this could be the chance. Whoever dates Charlotte Flair, that's the power couple. And and I, I or you, if you were, if you, nah, oof, I am, I am. I am mini WWE wellness policy uh, busts <laughs> away from being a compatible mate for Charlotte. I will tell you that right now. Um, I love though that like it, this is a real sign of how WWE has has taken has invaded pop culture because one we know the Cavs have been wearing these shirts nonstop mm-hmm. and two there there is one crazy website that is purporting a Kevin Love Charlotte link. The, the, such a huge summer for WWE between Le- LeBron wearing the shirts. The the uh, retro WWE shirts. Yeah, Kevin those Love shirts are all I mean, I, they're not paying me, but homage to those shirts, and those are they're very comfortable. They're the best. They're, they're very nice, man. And then in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Penguins won with the HBK line, uh, and getting um, Shawn Michaels to even come. How, the WWE, you you guys have gotten your wish. You are now every, every championship, every big finals. <laughs> You're there, and then there's Triple H sending you a belt. That that is the best publicity they could ever get. Yeah, it might even be worth it for them to like advertise the network on these shows. I, don't, I still don't understand why they're not just putting a 30 second network ad on on like actual sports. Yeah, you, you here here's your MVP trophy. Here's your cover, Sports Illustrated. Oh, and you get the belt. The interesting question for me is if the whatever whatever blood pact Vince McMahon and Dana White signed to let Brock Lesnar go fight in the UFC. It would be really interesting if part of the deal was like we get a WWE commercial at UFC 200. That's more important to me than like Ronda Rousey gets to fight at WrestleMania. That conversation one day that is going to be a, an amazing the oral history, oral history of, of that how that cell happened. phone conversation. What, what what do you think honestly? Like especially that it came out and it wasn't leaked or I mean that was what was it Saturday well, it was, night? It was leaked an oh, hour right, before, an hour or before whatever, right. but yeah uh, yeah. I think that it was probably a much more perfunctory conversation than uh, you than we are used to having. Uh, I think that both guys probably went in thinking they had the upper hand and left thinking they got everything they wanted. You know, I mean, mm. I, it's I mean, Vince certainly uh, uh, extracted you know something from Dana for the deal, but it, but. Um, what, what's the what? What? But that's what you're right. I think that's what Vince would want. I need three commercials and you're yeah i think it was probably just money and like a favor to be named later Hmm. like whatever but but a commercial would have been a smart thing to ask for we'll see i mean that might be beyond the pale for the ufc but but you know who knows um but yeah i mean the the vince has i I heard once that vince is like has this like 51 percent uh philosophy for when he's negotiating he's like if it's fi- if it's fifty one to forty nine, I'm winning. But if it's fifty fifty, give it to the talent and let them think they won. Like that, which, which doesn't make it makes sort of more sense when you hear it the first time than when you actually try to parse it out. But anyway, the idea is you roll over sometimes just to let the other person feel like they're getting one when you don't really care about it. Huh. You know. Um, so, but that's also the kind of philosophy that lets you walk away from every negotiation thinking you yourself won. So anyway, mm. that's all kind of neither here nor there. But speaking of the UFC, yes, we just got announced this past week that CM Punk finally is going to fight at UFC 203. Are you excited for this? I, I, this again, I can't wait to to watch. It gets me excited. This has been a long time in the making. Uh, mildly, actually, very, very worried for CM Punk though. <laughs> what on a between CM Punk versus Mickey Gall, who is is a 24 year old with two, I think two wins in the UFC. CM Punk versus Mickey Gall at 203. Would you are you more excited about that or Lesnar versus Mark Hunt at 200? Well, Lesnar for sure. I mean, proven champion. Right. I mean, this guy. But but for pure curiosity, ooh, I'm gonna have trouble watching the CM Punk fight with, with Lesnar. That that's the thing with Lesnar. If he loses, he's still Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Man, if CM Punk, this is like a hero. This is, you know, a guy you you really don't you want to you want to see at least uh, not be embarrassed, and that's that's how I would I would say. What about you? 
Yeah, it's. I think I'm about. I'm about. I mean, I think I'm much more interested in 200 the whole show. I mean, it's going to be. There's a lot of good fights, but. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. It's about 50 50 for me. I'm very interested in Brock fight again. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Hunt is will be an interesting matchup for him. Uh, CM Punk though is just a freak show. I mean, CM Punk is really just like like the carny sideshow that pro wrestling started off as, you know I mean? It's, we don't know if he can even go, but I don't, I don't, you know, smart guy, very talented, very athletic. I can't imagine he'll be afraid. I'm sure he's not going to run around the ring. Uh, no. he's, you know, he'll take it head on and, and, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think he'll definitely go in with a game plan that, that will, that should, that, that would allow him to win. But the problem is, you know, with really specific game plans and fighting, it doesn't take long for those to go out the window. Now, the guys at Bovada have actually already put the lineup for this, and Mickey Gill is minus three hundred, and Punk is plus two sixty five, which is, uh, which means nobody is expecting CM Punk to win this match. And that's and listen, I don't know who bets these things on Bovada, but like, if they're, I mean, presumably CM Punk would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, would get a lot of like people voting for, and people betting on him just because he's CM Punk, right? And if he's he, the public. Is he is he the he Tate? Is he the public team? Yeah. I mean, as, as a I mean, he's fighting a dude with two wins, right? I mean, that's he, like CM Punk is so much more famous. How many wrestling fans are going to go place a twenty five dollar bet on their on their idol CM Punk, right? But now, Mickey Gale, I'm sure this is one of his things. Cannot lose. He's probably also knowing full well. My God, if I it's lose, all in his head. Yeah, it's like uh, you know when Billy Crystal had this at bat against in spring training in the pit, and and the guy got he, Billy Crystal got a foul ball. And now this poor guy was like, that's that, a really good point. Yeah, I mean if if he loses to CM Punk, uh, that's that's not exactly good for the rest of your career. By the way, how many mm. how many cutaways to CM Punk's? What was his uh, the diva he married? AJ Styles. I mean, a- sorry, AJ Lee. AJ Lee. How many cutaways to the audience? Well, Ooh, very excited for that. People, the people love AJ Lee. It, it, they do. They do. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if she's there. Presumably, she'll be there. But she's like, gotta be right. Well, you know, sometimes you watch backstage. You don't like necessarily mm. want to be there watching your husband get his face punched. I mean, it's All a right. it's a tough sport to be a significant other. I wouldn't know. No, yeah. you're not married to a, a professional fighter. No, no. But you're right. I mean, these are both tremendous fights, and uh, it's it, it, you know r- really cool that uh, that CM Punk probably could have you know hey this isn't for me, but he he, he stuck to it. He's going to do this. Well, I think he's got to do it. To, I mean, they they pay him they've paid him a lot of money to make to do very little over the past mm-hmm. year or so. So it's uh, I mean he's been training very hard presumably, but you know he's got to have this fight. You can't just walk. Um, but yeah. It'll be interesting, and you know the the the, the best slash worst thing about it is that we will continue to speculate about how this pertains to a f- to a future WWE return. <laughs> right? He's never coming back, folks. Just never coming back. And why does he need to win? We have a champion like Dean Ambrose who is so capably filling his shoes. Mm. The biggest note that I have from Monday Night Raw was that they're calling Dean Ambrose the dude. Did you catch this? Oh, yeah. We yeah. got the man. Yeah. Oh, they actually said it in the main event. The Seth Rollins is the man. Roman Reigns is the guy. Dean Ambrose is the dude. I mean, is there... Clearly, they've never seen the Big Lebowski. Or the they just saw the Big Lebowski. Yeah. That's it. Like, it's yeah. the only... Like, everything that WWE does is, like, 10 years behind pop culture. It's uh, incredible. I know. It, it just doesn't... Like, you want your champion to have, like, this fighting shot. You want them, you know... N- n- eh. It would be it would be sort of interesting if Dean Ambrose called him. I mean, they said he called himself the dude, right? But the, right. The, it'd be fine if he was just like, "I'm not a guy. Like, I'm just a dude." Like, what, did he say that? Maybe that's how it started. No, last week on Raw, that's yeah. how he came, he kind of came out. Uh, but like, call, but then when you hype it up, yeah, it just becomes so silly. It is silly, and the cold open last week of arriving in the cab and forgetting the belt in the cab, like. Uh, like let, you're the yeah. ch- it was kind of like when Daniel Bryan the, the it was flimsy it, like the the name on his uh, what U.S. title was flimsy yeah you're you're champ this is a big thing don't don't like half-ass it like hey can you believe it? like Steph really went all in with the like your scraggly face I can't believe your ugly mug is our champion is it you know is the face of our company whatever like she's going real hard on the sort of mm. the Daniel Bryan like you don't deserve to be our champions angle too. 
Not a, not a good angle. No, I mean I think You're, it's okay for I think it's I think it's it's okay for Dean Ambrose to be your champion. But I guess you got to you got to you know, it's it's part of the story. You got to you got to knock him a little bit. Um, who would you who do you think is a better champion for WWE? Mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose or the returning Kurt Angle? Well, Kurt, <laughs> Kurt Angle doesn't have a neck. I mean, I don't even know what the rumors are if he's actually but, coming. I mean, he's, he said it's happening. He that he's coming back in yeah. some shape, but they, it could just be that he's a manager or something like that. But Maybe. that's huge. I, I mean, we, we people always talk. What would be the biggest pop? What who could be the biggest pop? Oh, yeah, Angle's you, on there. My, is Shane McMahon and then Angle. Like yeah. I can't. And um, yeah, I mean, it's weird that you would bring back Angle and not. I mean, who knows? They, they, you know, there have been rumors that they're calling a lot of legends to sort of help fill out these rosters. But like, really, you're going to call, you're going to bring Angle back and not Shelton Benjamin, who seems to still be working at a really high level. Okay, you well, know? right. No, that's. I mean, that's a valid point. Like, yeah, and he could join the New Day. That's probably what they would not, do with him. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> talked about Jeff Hardy, but I haven't heard anybody making. I haven't heard any John Morrison rumors, which is, which by the way, I can't talk about this. But I went to a lucha taping this weekend, and all I can say is that like, whenever this stuff airs. Yeah, Lucha Underground fans are in for like an enormous smartgasm. Like it's there. It's it was a it was a good day. And John Morrison, what he's lighting that place on fire? It's... I didn't even see John. I saw John Morrison in person. He was driving in at the same time as I was walking into the to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. The, the, the 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 dude was just like, yeah, do you have like a parking pass or whatever? And he was like, I'm Johnny Mundo. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, go park over there. Like it was great. But the um, but yeah, I mean, I saw I saw him wrestle last year. He's he's in incredible shape, and he's very 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 yeah. good. Um, uh, I was never his biggest fan in WWE when he was there, but like they could use him. They could really really use him. Well, I mean, with with three hours, they need everyone they can get. By by the way, that that's why I think Jericho is so important now that he can just fill fifteen minutes of doing what these these guys yeah. that can. Are just versatile. And, and Jericho just got just got tabbed to replace Bray Wyatt at the uh, J- Japan show, China show. They're doing a China show. Yeah, yeah. Like they're um, huh. Bray Wyatt. I think I think Bray got shuffled around because of Roman's injury. There's a lot of weird stuff. But yeah, they just said that it was supposed to be um, it was supposed to be Bray versus Nakamura, and now I think Jericho. It's Jericho versus Nakamura. Can I can I ask you one one more question? Yeah, of course. Okay. The, is is this going to be Roman Reigns' destiny? Can I, I'm just throwing this out there, that it's a it's a almost like a Batista like situation where you know what I might have a better career just doing movies, being a Bond villain, being he has such a good look that even just in the last twenty four hours I thought I'm like sitting at home this poor guy might honestly just have a better career at some point. You know what? Let me at least try Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, I think that's got to be on the radar, right? I mean, look at him. He has... That's what his look is, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, after after he got... After his suspension was announced last week, there was some people retweeting on... on uh, obviously, on Twitter. People retweeting, like, random people's tweets who were like, I don't know who... Like, women were tweeting, I don't know who this Roman Reigns guy is trending, but he's hot as hell. You know, like, that yeah. kind of stuff. And, like, you can... You see it. It's sort of like... It's sort of like the big pop... The pop he earned at the house show... There are there's a lot of evidence that like you know Roman Reigns could be this star. Something is totally. just not happening on television in the ring, and uh, and you know maybe maybe it would be better. Maybe he would be. Maybe he's going to be a movie star. I find it hard to believe that he's gonna that he's he's like Jason have, Samoa. Any... He could have been Aquaman, and I, I know I know we're you know Deaver going down a different yeah. road, but. I just if if that kept up, don't you think Batista, after getting booed and coming back, was like, you know what? I, I honestly don't need this. <laughs> you think? What, I mean, do you think like WWE is having this sort of talent sharing deal with UFC right now? They should have really gone all in with the talent sharing deal with Game of Thrones and just said, please take our Roman Reigns and just give him a role as a cow. Just do let him do something. Thrones, Marvel. That see, that's that's the business mcmahon maybe should be getting into instead they're just making their own movies, movies yeah. has roman reigns been in a wwe film yet mm. that's the first step to his hollywood career kane is taking his roles i think of, <laughs> of, unfortunately if you were going to cast roman reign if you were going to build you're you're a fit you're right. a you're a very well established hmm. television writer hardly but go on with with you know i'm sure a high-powered agent all right what if if, the, if your agent was just like we're we need it we need a vehicle for roman reigns yeah and we need pitches tomorrow. What do you What do you do with Roman Reigns? Yeah, I think it's like uh, he's a an undercover rabbi, 
And he, he, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, uh, of course. No, no, no. I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, well, of course. There's like the the like a Tarzan type of role, or he's probably has his shirt off. Let's be honest. And uh, he doesn't take his shirt off in the ring. Well, now probably because of the pimples on his back. Now we know why. <laughs> Shoemaker. That's gone. you just took that too far. Yeah. No, I apologize to Mr. Reigns, but I, I I do think like that's at one point this has got to get in your head, and you know maybe he's like you know what let me take a break, and it worked for Batista. And, uh, you know, careful what you wish for. These fans keep booing him. He might just be like, you know what? See ya. Yeah, and like I said, whatever he got busted for is totally okay in Hollywood. No matter <laughs> well, what it was. Like, there's nobody there's nobody, do, there's nobody taking piss tests when you're, like, on the set of, you know, Transformers 5. Well, I mean, look at Jake Gyllenhaal in that boxing movie. Yeah. That wasn't from uh, Protein Shakes. Well, was, I'm sure it was partly from Protein Shakes. Oh, you're a big Gyllenhaal mark? No, I mean oh. there there is this great phenomenon now of 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 celebrities releasing their diets when they're getting into crazy shape. Right. Like the Rock's diet was a big thing for a Huge. while. The Mountain from Game of Thrones, but there's also yeah, like when Jake Gyllenhaal will do that, that they'll they'll be like an in depth piece or at least you know a, a puff piece somewhere about how he got into this crazy shape. Hmm. Um, but I guess that's just like uh, just like so much of what we deal with. That's that's kayfabe in the real world, right? When you're just like. I just ate a lot of cod and like <laughs> drank a bunch of raw eggs, and uh, it's basically just like you know the four horsemen just broke Dusty Rhodes' arm or whatever. Like we all know this is this is bullshit. I would do it. I I would do the rock diet, but they don't have cod in the conversary here. Unfortunately, I've asked. Really? Yeah. And specifically for cod? Only chicken parm. Is really the only, yeah. I'm, actually, I'm pretty sure they have more than chicken parm, but that. But I think you're just you're deluding yourself. All right. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Seth Rollins' incredible frog splash onto his face on on Raw. I think bears mention. Um, mm. Although, you know, in the concussion era, maybe we shouldn't get too excited about that. You got very upset at me about uh, my my one take, Enzo and Big Cass. Apparently, a new promo. You can't teach that. I'm getting, I'm getting, <laughs> a, I'm getting a little tired. These guys, it's starting to peter out a little bit. It is. The, if, if the idea is we're going to do the exact same promo every week until the fans memorize it, that's Ooh. a fine idea that is kind of boring, but it's fine. But, like, I think we've got it by now. Yeah. Bill's... Bill's like seven year old son knows this promo forwards and backwards. And you know what? Little kids can go watch YouTube. Like they know how to learn this stuff. Yeah. Not um, hard. It's gotten a little bit tiresome. That's you guys are creative guys. You got a lot of push. Let's It's weird. Yeah. It's it, I think that uh you know, we we've seen a couple of instances of people getting called up and and the the creative not knowing exactly what to do with them. We're just sort of misreading the situation. Um you're almost I'm almost getting a vibe that like they're stuck in hmm. in for somebody and and I'm and by somebody I mean Vince they might just like he just looks at them and says like oh great I got a new set of new age outlaws this is this is what they're going to do keep doing it keep selling shirts yeah this is it's good tv um and they're they can do so much more than that I feel like this is, I feel like they keep coming up on this podcast because they're great but if you had to if you had to bet Back on Bovada.com now. If you had to bet everything, if you bet all of your money on one of those two guys being a future world champion, who do you take? You, you'd Enzo want Enzo or Cass? You'd want it to be Enzo, but it would be Cass. I mean, you think just the odds are in his like he he it, looks the part only because you you said I have I'm now betting my all of my money my yeah my yeah 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 you're right the, I'm sure the odds are in his favor but man Enzo is I don't know I'm Enzo in, Enzo's He's he's great. If he if he just if he just stops doing the same thing every week, I think that mm. he's like the sneaky. It's totally different than Daniel Bryan, but he's like the sneaky like underdog pick. Wait till they turn those two against each other. That'll be. Uh, has that ever happened? Not even no. in NXT. Never. Never. No, no, right. No. no. They've, they, Maybe they can fight over Carmelo when she gets finally called up. Yeah. The, um. Another thing I thought was hilarious last night, just quickly. Uh, Becky Lynch and Summer Rae, that match never happened. They never rang the bell. And then they just came back from commercial and it was uh, Jericho uh, because uh, Becky Lynch a a attacked Natty. Oh, yeah. That, and that was the whole thing. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, when they do that kind of thing, it, it's, it gets really, yeah, that's very confusing. I, was, I, I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to text you. I know you're in your, your zone, but it was so confused yeah no it, it is very confusing there were a couple of times for some reason last night where i was watching and i was just like would people always say that like smackdown 
is you know they were back especially during the brand split but even recently smackdown is the more like pure wrestling show and raw is more just about the storylines mm-hmm. i wonder what it would be like if raw was like actually no wrestling if it was just promo packages and people yelling at each other or like cutting promos it would be me dvring it that's that's pretty much what it would be like <laughs> so you, going you, need through. The, you need the wrestling to watch live uh it, it, it is it is strange that sometimes these these squash matches are like okay come on like what what was the but point? But that's what Just, we grew up with. I mean, we grew up with guys cutting promos, and then getting beat up during the promo, yeah, and then squash matches. Like that was it. I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed to getting some jobbers. Wouldn't that be great if? I mean, maybe that that would be that could be the whole new thing. Bring back jobbers, but actually have a WWE Network show. That's about that's about it. earning the jobber spot. Yeah, oh, like a tournament, America's Best Jobber. Yeah, yeah. the Brooklyn they like kind of they Brooklyn have Brawler is the host, the Invitational. Well, but he can't be. I think. Well, they he, fired he, him, yeah. but they can bring him back. Come on, I mean that's fine. Well, it would be like the Andre the Giant Invitational. This would be the Brooklyn Brawler Invitational. America's and, Best Jobber. We got to tell Bill. Oh, we we can make this show happen, but that would be so great. And then the fan they would get over. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But the problem, like, yeah, they have to sign a deal. They have to sign a contract, and it's just like you might not ever win a match, and you can't complain. Who was the teacher? He he was he was kind of a jobber for a while, and then they made him the a teacher. He was an announcer. He was oh, like Matt Striker. A, Matt Striker. Lucha Underground now. He is, but yeah. for a while he was kind of like he was that guy. He, but he was a, America's best jobber. Is Johnny Johnny Rods? I believe is still alive. Is still training at the Ed Gleason's gym in Brooklyn. He was hmm. like the jobber of all jobbers. Uh, he's could, 78 years old. Maybe this is this is where definitely still alive. <laughs> this, is a, this is a good ringer piece, I think. Yeah, the, the be, maybe America's like, best jobber, best jobber of all time. Best. Oh yeah, um, Johnny Rods was the guy. I mean, he like trained SD Jones. Like he was he he trained a lot of jobbers hmm. in his day. Not easy to do. No, <laughs> it's not easy to do at all. Uh, nor is it easy to, to keep this podcast going. So thank you guys for listening. Anyone who's still listening at this point. Thanks, Tate, for sitting right there and recording this whole thing and not being able to remember Serge Ibaka's girlfriend's name. Is it Ciara? Who, who is it? What's his That's girl? Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I'm very confused. Um, and uh, thank to, thanks to you, Joel Solomon, for stopping by. Do you have like, a Twitter it. account or something that you want to plug? Uh, Joel W. Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N, and uh, Any Given Wednesdays. 10 o'clock. Any given Wednesday, 10 o'clock HBO. It's Carrie Hilson, damn it. Carrie Hilson, God. Okay. Well, thanks to Tate and to Carrie Hilson and to Joel. Uh, go to theringer.com. It's awesome. Watch Any Given Wednesday. It's even awesomer. And uh, and in the meantime, keep watching all this WWE TV, humanoids. Hi, I'm Jeff Shackelford, and today on Shack House, we talked to Henrik Stenson about Olympic golf, the Open Championship, and his recent win in the BMW International. You can subscribe to Shack House on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts.